good to be here with everybody tonight. I uh, want to uh, discuss a, a topic that I think is, uh, at least it should be, very near and dear to all of us. Uh, but before we really get into the lesson, uh, I wanted to kind of kick us off by talking about about something that's very, uh, very important in, in this field. But, you know, we, we've already, probably most of us, or at least some of us, have heard uh, something like this has gone on before, but there is a theologian <clears throat> by the name of Karl Barth, and he had um, done a lot of different work throughout his years, and somebody asked him uh, when he, w- he was uh, visiting a, a campus, and he was at the Rockefeller Chapel at the University of Chicago in 1962, and someone asked him this question. He said, if you could summarize all of your life's work of theology in one sentence, what would, what would that be? And evidently, without skipping a beat, he said, uh, yes, in the words of a song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Yes, you know, we think about Jesus, and yes, Jesus loves us. But Jesus is the ultimate example for us. He's the reason that we're all here today. And he's the reason that we have to keep going. And so I want to talk about Jesus and how he loves us uh, tonight. Now, first of all, we need to mention some examples of Christ's love. Uh, He had a great compassion uh, for the needy. In Matthew chapter 9, Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36, it says, But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion for them because they were distressed and scattered as sheep not having a shepherd. <clears throat> In Matthew 14 and verse 14, it says, And he came forth and saw a great multitude, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. So he, he not only has compassion on these people uh, earlier because, because what? He, they are leaderless. They are, they are uh, as, as uh, sheep without a shepherd. They're in distress. And then he sees the multitude and he looks upon them and he feels compassion for them as well. And he goes and he heals their sick. The next chapter, Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 32. And Jesus called unto him his disciples and said, I have compassion on the multitudes because they continue with me now three days. And have nothing to eat, and I would not send them away fasting, lest happily they faint on the way. So, he furthermore, he not only has compassion for the multitudes in these other various ways, but then he wants to feed them lest they faint. So he has compassion over these these people. And, you know, these are general people. He doesn't know many of these people. You know, he doesn't know them personally like he does his disciples. And yet, he has compassion for them as well. We also know from Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 15. It says, Then, then were there brought unto him little children, that he should lay hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them, but Jesus said, Suffer the little children, and forbid them not to come unto me. For to such belongeth the kingdom of heaven. And he set, he laid his hands on them and departed thence. So, of course, Jesus even 
love children. And if you think about that, you know, you think about that just one thought right there. You know, what if you had lived at this time and you could have sent your child to the Lord? You know, what would, you, what would the Lord have said to your child? What would he have done? Well, I know this is that he loved children. You know, if we're going to be Christ-like, we're going to be Christians, then we need to love children. You know, I, it's, it's interesting to me that sometimes there are people that they, um, they, they say, I don't like kids. You know, have you ever heard someone say that? I don't like kids. You know, oh, that's great. You you were a kid one time. You know, that's that's a really a weird thought, right? You know, uh, I, I don't like kids. Now, uh, I, I can understand not uh, not liking kids when they misbehave, uh, but that just comes along with some good parenting. You know, you you got to teach them what to do and what not to do. But just a general love for children, wanting the well well-being of children to be good. You know, that that's something that even those people in prison understand. You know, when crimes happen against children, people that commit those crimes, they go to prison and they are tormented by those other uh, jailmates there because they understand that there is something precious about children and you're not supposed to mess with them. But furthermore, brethren... If we love children, then we are going to spend our time helping children. And specifically, when we're talking about the church, we're going to help them grow spiritually. And we're going to do everything that we can for them. And, you know, coming up, we're going to have VBS here and, and before we know it. And you know what? We need to spend our time helping those little children when they come. Another thing that we can see in Christ, Christ's love is this, that you know, he had love for his mother. In John 19, verses 26 and 27, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour the disciple took her unto his, his own home. So he loved his mother enough that on his deathbed, if you will, you know, as, as he is dying, he looks to the disciple whom he loved and said, you need to take care of her. And looks unto his own mother and says, you let him take care of you. Jesus loved his mother. Jesus also loved his followers. And we see that throughout his life. But, you know, I think about John 13 and verse 1. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto his Father, having loved his own that were in the world, he loved them unto the end. He loved them unto the end. You think if Jesus loved all these people, and he showed love in these various ways, and of course he showed love to us, and that while we were yet sinners... He died for us. You know, I hope that makes you feel a little special. That someone loved you that much. But there's another aspect of, of love that we can talk about. That 
Christ's love was superior. The quality of his love, you know, reigned supreme. And you think about this because, you know, it caused him to leave his eternal, eternal home, his home of glory. In 2 Corinthians 8 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might become rich. You know, he also had lived his life for others. You know, he didn't live it for himself. In 1 John 3 and verse 16, Hereby know we love because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now that doesn't mean necessarily in a physical sense that that we literally lay down our life as in that we die for our brethren, although that's a part of it. But what is more likely that we would do in laying down our lives for our brethren? Service. Service to our brethren. That is what is, is, you know, it's all about, brethren. We know that, you know, he loved those who were lost. In Luke 23 and verse 34, And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In Luke 13 and verse 34. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that killeth the prophets and stoneth them that are sent unto her. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her own brood under her wings, and ye would not. What happens to to us when we're spurned by others? When that happens, oh man, you know it. So many hard feelings, and sometimes people just get so irritated with each other, and they, they don't want anything to do with them. But you think about these people, specifically when we're talking about Jerusalem, they, were, they had rejected the teachings. They killed the prophets, stoned people that had been sent to her, and yet he still wanted them to be saved. They just would not do it. And how, how many times, brethren, would, would we have allowed that to happen in our own lives? If somebody had turned their backs on us, we wouldn't have been as compassionate, would we? We know that He loves each and every one of us. John 10, verses 3 through 5, it says, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. When he hath put forth all his own, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And the stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. You know what? He loves every single believer. There's not a one that is not important to him. But you know what? Christ's love is interesting at this point. It stems from the Father. I think so many times the religious world out there has um, really not understood this. And it seems like, you know, the Father has created everything and Jesus was there in creation, but then we give more of an emphasis on Jesus. And, and have left everything else behind, but 
But while Jesus is, is deity and Jesus is the reason that we're able to be here, if it were not for the Father's love, Jesus would not have come and done what he had done. Because Jesus' characteristics and love stem from the Father. In John 3 and verse 35, The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. Jesus received everything from the Father. You know what? His love reveals the Father's love. In Romans 5 and verse 8, But God commendeth his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that, that came from the Father. John 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, we could go on to Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5, and also 1 John 4, 9 and 10. But suffice it to say, Christ's love stems from the Father. But you know what? I want to talk about this last point here for a few minutes. And it says, Christ's love should motivate the church. His love should motivate us to do all sorts of things. His love is in us. In John 17 and verse 26. And I made known unto them thy name, and will make it known that the love wherewith thou lovest me may be in them, and I in them. His love is in us. You know, His love should even discipline us. In Revelation 3 and verse 19, As many as I love, I reprove and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. You know, maybe you've been in a situation like this. I, I have uh, thought on a couple of different occasions, and, uh, and, and I had, you know, uh, had some struggles through school at times, and I remember that there were teachers who were, were rather hard on me, and I remember that there were some teachers that were rather hard on me in a loving way. I remember some teachers that would just reprimand, reprimand, reprimand without any cause. And I remember others who pushed me and wanted me to be better. Now, you can tell the difference when you're in that situation. What kind of a teacher that you have? One that cares about you or one that's just annoyed with you? But you know what? If the Lord loves us, He is going to discipline us. And furthermore, as Christians, brethren, you know, if we're going to love each other, then we are going to enact that discipline. We're going to do what we have to do to keep the body pure and whole. In Hebrews 12, verses 5 and 6, it says, And ye have forgotten... The exhortation which reasoneth with you as with sons, my son, regard not lightly the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art reproved of him. For when the Lord, lo for whom the Lord loveth, he, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Now he he wants us to do what's right. You know, as a parent, and uh, you know, 
I know that we have mixed groups in here. You know, we've got some people who are parents, some people who are grandparents, some people have uh, never even touched a child, you know. But you, you, you think about this, and, you know, as a parent, you don't enjoy spanking. If you enjoy spanking, there's something wrong with you. And, you know, it's, it's not fun. It's, it's not fun at all. You, you love that child, and the last thing you want to see is that child cry. And that's, that's part of the reason that so many kids are spoiled is because their parents don't have the guts enough to spank them when they need to. And, and so, you know, here they are, and they try to pacify them in every single way they possibly can to get around having to spank their child. And I understand that. I do. Uh, I, I won't allow that in my family. We can't do that because I want my children to grow up properly. I want them to be good kids. I want them to be even better adults. You know, that's the whole purpose. And if we don't reprimand them as they're growing up, you know, we don't need to need to be shocked when they don't do what's right. We don't need to be shocked when they you know, are in jail. or We don't need to be shocked when they, they aren't going to be Christians. You know, we don't need to be shocked at that. Because, see, the, the principle is here. The Lord does it for us, and we should do it for our own. And that is, when He loves us, He disciplines us. You know, His love should inspire us to do everything that we could do to live for Him. John 13, verses 34 and 35, it says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, even as I have loved you, that ye also love one another, by this all men know that by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. I love this passage because when you look at it, it seems so uh, so obvious. Here it says, it "says a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another." Well, that's not a new commandment. That's not a new commandment at all. You love one another. That's been something that's been preached throughout time. You know, that's something that was taught even under the Old Testament. That's not new. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. Well, here's the kicker. Even as I have loved you. That's the new part of the commandment. It's not the loving, because you're already supposed to do that. It's loving as Christ loved. If we love as Christ loved, that's the new commandment. Love as Christ loved. And by this shall all men know that we are his disciples. You know, his love should inspire Christian marriages. In Ephesians 5, verse 25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for it. You know, his, his love should motivate us to live for our Heavenly Father. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 15. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, that they that live should no longer live unto themselves, but unto him who for their sakes died and rose again. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 14. Let all that ye do be done 
in love. That's, that's the big reason that we need to preach and teach is because we love. And, and, and before anybody says this, I'm going to go ahead and beat, beat somebody to it. Uh, somebody might say, well, Matt, you know, sometimes you can be kind of harsh from the pulpit. Now, now that's just one of those things. It comes with the territory. Now, I don't want to be harsh. I just teach harsh things because I love. You know, if I didn't love anybody, and if I didn't love your souls, then I would get up here and I'd preach whatever made everybody happy. Because that would just mean I get to stay in one place for a long period of time because nobody would be upset with me ever. But I would not be pleasing to the Lord. And I truly would not love you. Because loving my brethren means teaching the truth and helping everybody follow it. You know, the opposite would, would be true. Right? Hating my brethren would be not teaching the truth. And so, you know what? I, I love you all, and I know that you love me too, and I'm thankful for that. And I pray that we will be able to serve the Lord together and that we will show this attitude of love toward each other and toward the lost. I pray that, that we will be, you know, the epitome, the quintessential Christian. You know, the, 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 the person that everybody looks to, the, the congregation that everybody looks to and says, you know what, they love the Lord. They love each other, and they love the lost. I pray that for us here, and I hope that's the case. But you know what? That, that all happens on an individual level. You know, we can get up here and we can preach to the whole congregation, but you know what? That happens individually. If we are going to enact any sort of you know, change, you know, it all happens right here with our, our own person. You know, we cannot make anybody do anything. But we can sure change our own life. Maybe there's someone here today that needs to respond to the invitation. If that's you, please come as we stand and as we sing.